saving money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 432 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, joined by Jill. Jill, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, we're still all quarantined at home. Uh, we're also joined by Andrea for like the hundredth time. Hey, Andrea. Hundred and second, actually. <laughs> and for the first time ever, we have Abby, who's one of our coworkers as well. Abby, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yep. And so for everyone who's listening, just so you guys know, it's the four of us, but it's also from the looks of our Zoom meeting, like nine animals. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we're podcasting on a, on a wing and a prayer here. So we'll, uh, yeah, we're going to go, what we're going to do is same thing we do when we have lots of people on in the office. We're just going to go around and do a bunch of book recommendations and just give you some things to read while you're at home. But there's some really cool updates from our company overdrive before we do that so jill you want to talk about the really exciting one since you got to write a lot of the copy for it yeah sure so um the first harry potter book harry potter and the sorcerer's stone here in the u.s and harry potter and the philosopher's stone everywhere else is available in ebook and audiobook without any wait list or holds that's right simultaneous use for the entire month of april um in i think all available languages too not just english um so go to your library site and uh go check that out yep uh we're recording this on april 1st which is the day it's kicking off it'll go out on april 2nd so you may have seen the news all over the internet or on good morning america yesterday which is pretty cool um so ironically we were joking like all the books i will be recommending personally are like comfort books like books that are just soothing for me because I can't focus on anything new and one of them I would always go back to Hogwarts so I will not lie even though I own all of the the versions you can own I definitely borrowed the ebook and the audiobook from my public library so um there's also a big library read still going on uh so the big library program is going through this week and next week as well is that right close right next yeah week. through the 13th yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. The book is called Funny You Don't Look Autistic by Michael McCreary, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, he is an autistic comedian, and it's a really awesome memoir about his life growing up uh, uh, with ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder. Um, you can go to biglibrary.com to see more information about it, but just like the Harry Potter book, you can borrow that without any wait lists or holds. Um, you can join our discussion board at biglibrary.com. Lots of cool stuff going on there. Um, so yeah, so both of those books are available without any wait lists or holds. No guarantees on the ones we're going to recommend. Um, so yeah, uh, should we just, I'll, I'll put all the books we're going to talk about in the show notes. So don't worry about writing them down or anything. But other than that, I guess we can just kind of jump in. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
All right, we'll start with Abby because you've never done this before. So what's the first book you want to recommend? Uh, I think the first book I want to recommend was probably the first grown-up fiction book I read in a contemporary literature class in high school. And it was A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. And it was kind of my first intro into modern literary fiction. And I absolutely love it. And I think I've reread it probably five times since then. Oof. So can you kind of like, like what's, what's it about a little bit? Give us some. Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of just about a group of different people who it seems like they're not really connected and it kind of ties together toward the end, but there's really no way of seeing the connections as the book kind of travels through different times. So we have one that's taking place in the eighties and then one that takes place in the future. And you don't really see how they're connected until the very end. And it follows probably 20 different people and just shows how people's lives can intersect and uh, affect one another, even in the smallest ways where we don't even realize, kind of like a butterfly effect almost, um, but without anything as big as an earthquake <laughs> affecting, ending it. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, also, <laughs> no one can see this because it's just a podcast recording, but all of us are using uh, Zoom for like, with video, like the rest of the world is right now, and Abby has this adorable little kitty who's just like walking back and forth. <laughs> Very adorable cat. Like trying the pet. Thank you. She's new. <laughs> she, looks, she looks very She's, uh, aware of everything. She is, and uh, just in the spirit of Harry Potter, her name is Luna, after Aww. Luna loves good. Aww. Um, so that she that's how mostly why she's participating. She knows everyone's talking about her namesake. Oh, that's amazing. All right, Andrea, <laughs> what's what's your first book? Um, well, my first was going to be my current read, but as of twelve fifteen last night or this morning was my most recent read. Um so it was <laughs> Darling Rose Gold by Stephanie Warble. Yeah. It was very good, evidenced by the fact that I was up until twelve fifteen when I have two children reading. Um, but it's, I definitely saw the parallels between the true life story of Gypsy Rose and T.D. Blanchard, minus the fact that Patty isn't murdered violently in her bed. Um, but it was really, really good. I loved the back and forth narratives and the chapters between the two characters. And I hate both of them, but in the way that I'm supposed to hate them. And my husband asked me last night, he's like, if you hate the characters, why are you reading that? I'm like, because you're supposed to hate the characters, so the author's doing her job. Like, these are not likable people. Um, but yeah, it was very good. It was very, very page-turny, um, especially because Rose Gold's chapters are in the past and Patty's are current. So it's a lot of, of parallel between the two and unreliable, bad people. But a very good read. Yeah, that's one Joe and I have both song its praises stephanie was on the podcast um a couple weeks ago as well and exactly what you said was something that i said to her in person and then i felt bad immediately i was like i hated all of your characters and she's like thank you yes. but you're not supposed to like yeah, them you're, supposed, you're not supposed to hate them like oh so no, she no. did her job <laughs> oh yeah she did it's it's amazing and also it's it's fun to see like all of my friend all of my friends who are readers 
that don't get advanced copies of stuff like we do. Like now this entire week has been people putting Instagram stories of them reading that book, like all the past couple of weeks. It's, it's fantastic. So yeah, I agree. So um, very much recommend you're not going to like the characters, but in a good way. A good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How were your dreams last night? <laughs> I don't think I, I don't remember any of them. I think I was so tired from being up so late reading late, late for me. Um, and then my daughter woke up twice in the middle of the night, so I was pretty much Oof. passed out each time. Uh, Jill, you want to go next? Sure. So um, I told you before we started recording that no one wants to hear me talk about the Hunger Games anymore. <laughs> like that's what I've been reading. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it is good. No, I've read it before. Yes, I'm halfway through Mockingjay. Um, but after Mockingjay, I plan on reading um, another YA dystopian. This is just sort of where I'm going these, these days. Don't ask why. Um, and it is the Match series by Ali Condi. Um, yeah, it's, I love, I love Match. Um, so Match starts, it's this, you know, like, it seems like a utopia where um, the characters, I forget how old they are. I think like when they're 16 or something, they're sort of matched with someone who is supposed to be like their soulmate and everything's supposed to be great. And like, this is the person you're supposed to be with. They get it on a little like chip or like a USB where they plug it in. And this is who you're supposed to marry and love. Um, except you're going to say they get it on a post-it. I don't know why. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no it's like a, yeah, like a little computer chip where they plug it into the computer or whatever. And it, it comes up with who their, their matches. Um, except there's like, what happens because of course is what happens is that uh the main character she goes to plug it in and she actually gets um like two people or she sees somebody who's not supposed to be it but is and it's like a whole the whole thing so now she's like who is this other person i don't know who this person is um and in that you know why dystopia way there's obviously uh you know one girl two guys it's that kind of thing happening you know she's got to choose <laughs> Which seems to happen with all white dystopia. <laughs> the love triangle. <laughs> Is it a white um, dystopia if there's no love triangle? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, so I will be reading uh, Matched as soon as I'm done with um, Mockingjay. And then there's three books in that series as well. So Nice. Uh, my first one is the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown, which I've talked about like in older podcasts. But it's... Um, a few it's it kind of starts as a futuristic dystopia and does not remain that way but it the first book red rising starts with there are these miners that are on mars and basically they are terraforming mars or trying to terraform mars to help all of the people from the world that need to get rid of that need to leave our earth because they kind of have destroyed it um and they need to find a place to live so there are these kind of these first people who go <laughs> to Mars and they, it's all about these, these people who are the ones that are like in the mines and they're dying every day. And they're, it's like a horrible existence where they're, but they know that they're working for something that they're going to help the future generations of earth. Um, and then there's this huge, huge plot thing that happens pretty early on that I won't give away that kind of, you realize nothing is as it, actually seemed and then that was like a launching point for this entire series and so if you're a big fan of space operas or and or uh, mythology a lot of the 
Uh, a lot of the characters are based on Greek and Roman mythology. If you're a fan of any of those types of things, you're going to love this series. It's, um, I think he's working, so basically he did a trilogy uh, of the first books and then there was a like a 10 year time jump and he started a second trilogy and I think he's done all three books or at least the first two books of the second trilogy. So if if you're like, a, if you're a fantasy or like science fiction fan, these are big meaty books, they're big honkin' books as our friends from Reading Glasses would say. Um, so you can really spend a lot of time in this world and this, a lot of my recommendations today is like, how can I not be in the world that's, that's right now world? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, but it's really, really good. It's, if you're honestly, like if you're a fan of Star Wars, which, you know, just about everyone in the world is, you'll, you'll love these books. I'm struggling because I want to talk about the whole series, but to do that would give you the plot twist and I don't want to do that because I remember reading it in the, from the first book and like throwing the book across the room and being like oh my god so uh, yeah the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown is phenomenal and you can spend a whole lot of time in it so, so maybe not an ebook if you're going to throw it across the room <laughs> uh, <laughs> well I mean I guess if you need a new device and you want to and you want trying to smash it anyway but yeah maybe don't um but I mean you can also listen to the audiobook and then throw your headphones which I guess would still be okay uh abby let's just keep going around in a circle ish okay cool all right now i know what to do so there won't be oh, a no, weird awkward talk now. <laughs> i guess that's true we kind of did just we're like here do it and you're like i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> oh it's all right trial by fire um so my 2020 resolution was to read more nonfiction. so i usually do two books at once one uh audiobook and one ebook so my 2020 goals have been trying to do read one fiction or read nonfiction and listen to the fiction. So right now I'm currently reading Say Nothing, A True Story of Murder and Memory in Northern Ireland by uh, Patrick Radden Keefe. And so the story of Northern Ireland is one that I was vaguely familiar with because my uh, freshman year English teacher was from Northern Ireland, one of the six counties. And he had kind of mentioned a little bit about it um, but I realized I didn't really know anything about it. And when I was watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix, which if anyone is, I know this is a book podcast, but if you're looking for a show, Peaky Blinders is definitely a way to go. It's so, um, it's so good. I love it so yes, much. It's so good. <laughs> and uh, so there's a lot of mentioning of the IRA and Belfast. And it made me realize I didn't really understand the history and what was going on with that. Um, so this story is starting in the 60s and 70s with kind of the new IRA and how there's a divide within the classes and what's happening between them and the British. And it focuses on the leaders of the group, such as Dolores and Marion Price. And it leads into a woman who has was disappeared and taken in front of her six children. And that's kind of how they bring you in and they kind of intersperse her story and their story throughout the telling of uh, what's the development of the IRA. And I, it's super fascinating. And I wish I had learned more about this in a history class. Makes me wish I could go back to college and take more history courses. Um, one note on Peaky Blinders, as my wife likes to say, it, <laughs> it stars uh, Killian Murphy's cheekbones. Like the man has the best uh, facial structure of any human I've ever seen. and. He's definitely one of those people where, like, we'll, we'll both, she'll be like, man, look how, like, beautiful he is. And I'm like, yeah, I 100% would. <laughs> Seriously, watch Cheekbones for days. <laughs> and those piercing blue eyes, fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Andrea, do you have a Peaky Blinders related thing you'd like to talk about? I don't, but it's kind of, it's nonfiction pop culture-y, so it's along the same lines. Um, so in thinking of happy light reads and everything, so at the opposite of the way Jill's going right now, um, I liked um, As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. I do recommend the audiobook because it's narrated by Carrie with guests by like Robin and Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest. And so all like, so you get to hear like their parts narrated by their voices. Um, but it's a lot of fun, especially if you like the book and the movie. Um, but yeah, it's just a very like light little fun read of like the stories they went through making it. Like you learn a little behind the scenes, like there's one scene where Carrie is limping because he actually like kicked something and broke his toe but he like kept on acting. So yeah, it's, it's just like a lot of fun, quick read, especially in terms of what's going on right now. I will say if you are a fan of The Princess Bride, which if you have a pulse, I assume you are, um, and you like that book, I highly recommend it too. He, uh, Carrie Ellis was on the ID10T podcast a couple weeks ago. And uh, I learned that he does spot on impersonations of like every single person he's ever interacted with. Like he does a Mel Brooks and a Michael Caine and it's like delightful. And the the host is Chris Hardwick and he's like, you should just have your own podcast doing this. And I was like, yeah. And I, so you're right. He, he has all these amazing interviews with all the other characters and like full from the movie. But I was also like, he could apparently have just done this himself, which is delightful. So what a good man. Yes. Delightful read. Very fun. Um, very informative. Yeah, it's good stuff. Jill? Uh, okay, so I won't have any more dystopia. I'll try not to. <laughs> like light heart reads. No, so um, I've talked a lot about how much I love uh, Rainbow Rowell, and um, she announced on Twitter yesterday that they're making a manga of Fangirl. <gasps> yeah. See, this is why I need to not, I, I got off Twitter because it was too much for me and it was taking my anxiety through the roof, but these are the things I miss. I miss the good too. Yeah. So she, yeah, it's going to be a four books, like a four manga series. There's, she's like writing new Baz and Simon scenes for it. It's going to be a whole thing. Um, so if you have not read Fangirl, I would recommend Fangirl or you can just, you know, wait for the manga to come out. But I think one of my other favorite Rainbow Rowell books that I've never talked about is um, Attachments, which I think was like her first or it was super early, but it's this really adorable um, love story about two people who never actually meet. And the the woman is like reading emails um, that this the guy is sending that she's not really supposed to read but she does as part of her like job and like starts falling in love with him it's i think so, you have that backwards Jill. Is the backwards is he reading hers yeah he's reading hers he's reading hers sorry my bad it's been a while <laughs> okay i had the basic idea yeah, you know, as as I, yeah mine is yeah i just flipped it but yeah you were as right as soon as i was starting to talk i was like i don't think that's actually right <laughs> is it in my brain i'm like that's not right <laughs> he's reading her emails that's right that'll make yeah. more sense okay he is reading her emails as part of his job and starts to fall in love with her, but has no idea who she is. It's just, oh my God, I love it. It's so cute. And it's so like, these days I feel, you know, it's like when emails was a thing, but not in the way, like such a major communication that it is now. Um, so there's like this weird little cute nostalgia factor to it, which is saying a lot because it's still email. <laughs> Well, I also, when I was reading it, it was the nostalgia factor of like, 
Okay. <laughs> of, um, sorry. Of the conversations these two women are having over their work email. Yeah. Like, no, you should not be writing this in your work email. This is not like. <laughs> also true. <laughs> so it's like that early stage of like not knowing that these are like things you should not be communicating over work email. I'm like, Correct. Yeah. Go down the hall. Like just, uh, or text. But again, texting wasn't a thing, but yeah. It's like, right. Mm, I don't know if you'd be writing this down. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a cute one. But again, clearly I haven't read it in a while because I got the characters backwards, but it's still <laughs> fabulous and I still recommend it. You had the premise. You had I had the premise. premise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mentioned that I have escapism books, but this one ironically is not. This is more of a Jill type book. Um, so in a couple of weeks, uh, Louisa Morgan is going to be on and Louisa Morgan is an author who has written several books about witches, uh, history of witches, uh, discovery of witches and that the new one that's coming out is age of witches which is really really good and I just finished it after um, interviewing her and so long-time listeners may remember that like, I read very cyclically and then once summer rolls around I start thinking about fall and then I want to read more witch type things and like dark spooky stuff well because of everything going on right now I'm just already thinking about fall because I'm like I don't know have a summer so I've just really focused on which things and so we have a book in on our bookshelf that I never read but I always wanted to called Six Women of Salem by uh, I think it's Marilyn Roach and um, it is the true story it takes a deep dive into six of the women who were tried for witchcraft during the Salem witch trials and um, it they all had different experiences and different results from their trials and and things of that nature uh but it, it like the six of them are basically a microcosm of everything that happened during the salem witch trial so it's really really interesting and it's a very it's like a realistic look at everything that happened and so um i was reading these fictional witch books then i wanted to read a realistic witch book and so it's a little dark but it's super super interesting if you're interested in the history of the salem witch trials i highly recommend it so that's six women of salem which is really really good uh, uh just to say discovery witches is actually a totally different author and series <laughs> you're right not discovery witches um you guys are banging it out today you guys are doing really well hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> no yeah, you're absolutely right discovery witches that's um deborah harkness deborah harkness, deborah harkness. Yeah, yep. to Discovery Witches. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm Lots of witch books, it's fine. Yeah, but it is completely different. So thank you for coming out of that. Um, Abby, do you want to do your next one? Yeah, just a quick shout out first for A Discovery of Witches and the All Souls Trilogy. It is one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, but that wasn't what I had picked next, so I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to take us down a lighter road. Um, so my favorite, probably one of my favorite feel-good reads whenever I want something just simple that I can kind of sink into and uh, feel happy is Hissifit by Mary Kay Andrews. And it is about a southern uh, interior designer named Kiwi. And she, at her rehearsal dinner, finds her her fiance in a troublesome position with her maid of honor and she said in her own words she threw the biggest kissy fit and they are in a very small town in uh, the south and sorry cat jumped on the keyboard and uh, she was going to get married to the people who run the town or one of the guys who runs the town so it's kind of her trying to get back on her feet and overcome kind of small town going against her. There's a lot of Southern recipes in there that makes me happy. 
I'm so sorry. The cat is um, very excited about it. Right <laughs> and it's adorable. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry, but um, Hissy Fit is a really great, feel good, um, kind of southernish. Down to, um, just makes me happy. It's kind of keely, and there's also a little bit of murder and intrigue as she tries to find out what happened to her, what had happened to her mother who disappeared when she was five. So it's still super feel good though, despite the despite the missing mother investigation. <laughs> By the way, the first Louisa Morgan book I was thinking of is A Secret History of Witches. That's the first one. There you go. Sorry, I wanted to, my phone next to me, so I thought I would check. Um, I also love, so again, no one can see this, but Abby is only apparently getting attacked by her kitty while she's trying to do her book. <laughs> while the rest of us are talking, it's like the cat does not know that you exist. I know I don't know what's happening. She's sitting very calmly in my lap now. <laughs> now that I've now that I'm done trying to discuss books. Oh man, Andrea, you you get to do another one. I know you're you're hanging out with some kids now. This is yeah, my favorite uh, podcast uh, you've ever done. I got a baby, but I also have some goldfish, so she's occupied. Um, I think the other one I the other ones I brought up was um, the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. Yes, they are YA dystopian, but they're very lighthearted and the, the YA dystopian where you're like you know everything's gonna be okay so you don't have to like worry about the world actually ending everything's gonna be happy with a bow on the end um but for those people who aren't familiar with it it's retellings of Cinderella yes Little Red Riding Hood uh, Rapunzel and Snow White and it's set in a futuristic world where it's you know, technology and Cinder's, you know, half cyborg and there's people living on the moon. Um, but it's very creative the way she takes, you know, the stories of like Cinderella and all these other fairy tales and weaves them into something that's her own and very independent from the tales everybody knows. Yeah. Um, she even has a short story called The Littlest Android, which is more Hans Christian Andersen based than Disney based. So but they're all, they're all very cute. They're all, you know, work together. Um, but yeah, it's just one of little fun little cute series, nice. especially now. And they're all out. So you can binge your little heart out and get them read. That's amazing. Yeah, they're so good. I love those books. I didn't think that's one of the, that's one of the series that I was like looking through our bookshelves today to find some recommendations. And I realized that my wife, we, we own every single one of those. So yeah. yeah I do too. Jill? Um, let's see. So I obviously, okay, if you picked up on one thing, I don't read a lot of happy books. So, <laughs> um, but when it comes to books that like looking for that, like truly comfort read, I actually read a lot of the books I read when I was a kid. Um, and one of them that I've reread multiple times is The Westing Game by Alan Raskin. That book makes me so happy. It's so delightful. It, I think I read a lot of, you know, mysteries now. And I think that started because of the Westing game, um, which is about a girl. If you haven't read it, you should. It's classic. But uh, Turtle, um, they move into this apartment complex where, again, like everyone's connected, but you're not sure how. And it involves... Um, a the uh like guy in town who's sort of well known um 
and he dies and there's like a whole mystery. It's like, it's like early, um, uh, uh, ready player one kind of where everyone like has to get together to solve this mystery. And there's like a game going on. Uh, it makes me so happy. Um, reading the Westing game. So that's definitely one when I'm looking for like a really, truly like comfort read, I always go back to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, next one for me is uh, a book I've talked about a bunch and she, the author was on the podcast a couple years ago at this point, but it's Daughter of the Burning City by Amanda Foody. Uh, I <laughs> create super cool worlds. And this one I have talked about, it's been a while since I have, but um, I was like mad that it was a standalone book because the world she created was so amazing. It's this massive traveling circus. It's the size of a city and it um, is constantly like the entire city moves and they go from town to town and the magic in the circus is real. And it's um, there's shapeshifters and there's illusionists and there's giants and ogres and all sorts of different stuff. And like all of the magic that they have is, is real and it exists. And the daughter of the person who's in charge of the entire traveling city slash traveling circus, uh, she's our main character. And there, it basically ends up being a murder mystery where all the people who help her in her quote unquote freak show that she runs, um, they're all getting murdered and she has to figure out who done it and why done it and all that good stuff. So it's almost like if you took an Agatha Christie book and then put it into like the Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. So it's everything that I could possibly love, and it is very, very delightful. So um, yeah, that's Daughter of the Burning City, and I think we can just go around one more time. Just I think we're all okay to fight through one more. We'll see. Um, so unrelated, real quick. Yeah. Somebody's dog started barking in the background. I don't know if it was Adam's or Abby's. Oh, super, oh is it? Oh, it's Abby's. I assumed it was mine. Um, and so I have my microphone muted to keep off the background noise of small children in my room right now but she heard the dog barking and my one-year-old started barking back and growling <laughs> oh, so, man. I'm, kind I'm of so sorry I'm never gonna get invited back on this podcast <laughs> no you're honestly I don't know if you guys can hear it but at least one of my two dogs are whining in the background so the, the, <laughs> no I, I can't hear that we're all these dog though <laughs> we're all figuring this out as we go so that's okay um Abby do you want to do one more book recommendation I can do one more book recommendation. The cat has run off when the dog started barking, so I will be able to hopefully get through this one without getting attacked. Um, so one of my favorite series is Tana French, The Dublin Murder Squad. Um, I think you guys have had her on here before, uh, which I'm super jealous of because I think she's awesome. Uh, and my favorite of the Dublin Murder Squad series is definitely The Likeness. Um, so that is, it's the, the best part about the double murder squad is you can kind of pick up any of the books in the series without having read the ones before. And, you know, you're, it's kind of like an episode of law and order SVU where each book is its, its own entity and it's nice to have the backstory, but you don't need it in order to know what's going on in the book that you're currently reading. So the likeness takes place, um, in Dublin in a college town. And there are students applying for their PhDs and they're all living in one house. And one of them turns up dead. And I'm trying not to give anything away, but I think it happens pretty early on where um, a member of the, um, the police department who's a detective 
has a striking, almost identical resemblance to the uh, girl who was murdered. And so the loose cannon of the department decides to pretend, put her back into the house and have her pretend to be the dead girl because they suspect the other people in the house killed her. And they want to see how they react to her actually not being dead and being alive. And it's, it's twisty, it's intriguing, and you, I mean, I think I blazed through it in a day because I just had to know how it ended. Yeah, we, uh, we did have Tana on, I interviewed her. Um, I asked her off the record if she knows what happened at the end, or like, I guess within the woods, like if she knows, she would not tell me, but she knows. Um. Um, <laughs> I did, I tried, I tried, but she would not tell me. Um, yeah, no, I love the likeness the best too. I know a couple people do. Um, it it fits into my absolute favorite genre of book, which is um, <laughs> Adam's laughing because he knows it's um <laughs> it's a uh, colorful cast of characters on a college campus or academic campus of some kind where strange things are happening and they like, it's like just. <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite genre of book. So anything related to that, uh, yeah, the likeness is so good. The whole series is, but that's definitely my favorite. Your genre is so specific. It comes up so frequently. I love it. Because it's a lot of books like that. I should just do a whole episode of just those books, honestly, because there's a lot of them. Oh. I don't know what to tell you. It could just be you reviewing those books and me giggling in the background at how they are. They all fit your... Oh, it's so, it's like so a cool. close-knit group of strange characters on a college campus where there's a murder. I don't know what to tell you. Like, so true. It happens it, so often. It happens a lot. Hijinks and Sue. Hijinks and Sue. I mean, uh, there's something about it. I don't know. But it happens a lot. It's my favorite. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, at least there's a lot of books out there for you to read. It's not like one or two where you're like, why aren't there more? That is true. That is true. There, yeah. There's a need for it. People are filling it. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Andrea, you want to do one more? Yes. Um, so my last one is, thank you, is very appropriate. I just got a half bitten apple. So my day is looking up. Um, it's the, In the Shadows of Blackbirds by Cat Winters. And it takes place in 1918 during the Spanish flu, right around the, I'm gonna, history people are gonna be so mad at me right now, beginning or end of World War II, depending, or World War I, sorry. Um, and so Americans are roaming the street in gauze masks to ward off the flu, government shipping, you know, people off to the war, and there's fear and confusion. And so there's 16-year-old Mary Shelley Black, and she watches as people, you know, this is about the time when seancing was big and spirit photographers, um, and she gets a picture of her taken, and in the picture is the spirit of a boy that she knew growing up who died over the war. And he's, I don't want to say haunting her, because it's not like he's out to get her or scare her, but he's trying to tell her something and convey a message to her amongst all of this historical stuff going on. Um, very good, very gothic, um, and kind of like everything forces her way of looking at life and death and her first love between the flu and the war and her dead boyfriend haunting her. Um, but it's, it's very good. It's 
very timely, I guess. Yeah, it's super. <laughs> I was gonna say when you were like, yeah, the tw the nineteen eighteen Spanish flu influenza. I was like, unbelievable. I just let you and Jill do this by yourselves. I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Jill, would you like to do one more? Sure. So, um, I can't remember if I've talked about this, but it is also timely because there's a TV show happening about it, which is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, um, which you haven't. I <laughs> It was, so I somehow, I was like way behind the curve on this one. I just read it back in January, um, but it's so good. And the, the TV show is doing a really good job following the story. But if you are not familiar with it, it is um, about two families, essentially. One is um, very upper, uh, upper class and the other one is a single mom and her daughter. And they are in Shaker Heights, Ohio together. Um, the single mom is renting a house from the uh, fancy people and their their families and their kids kind of get connected and, and hijinks ensue, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but it opens with a house on fire. Uh, the big fancy house in Shaker Heights is on fire. And so part of the book is um, all about the, the events that happened to lead up to that and finding out who... Um, set the house on fire but it was so good um it's set in the 90s which is kind of hysterical because there's all these like <laughs> callbacks to things uh i mean i would have been the same age as the the kids in in high school at that time or right around that time um and shaker heights is not that far from obviously where we work it's up in cleveland i grew up in a community in huts and in Hudson, Ohio, which is similar to Shaker. And the whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, this could have happened when I was in school. She's <laughs> like, saying something, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm loving the TV show. Um, the new episode, we're recording this on Wednesday. So there's a new episode out today. I'm very excited. Um, yeah. So if you haven't read Little Fires everywhere, I, I highly recommend it. And I did check out, um, I haven't started it yet, but I did check out her other book. Uh, which I'm going to have to look up because I can't remember everything I never told you. Thank you. Yeah, so that that is on my uh, to my queue to read eventually. Yeah. Nice. All right, my last one. Um, I mentioned like wanting to go to places that are soothing and calming, and nothing is more soothing or calming than Nick Offerman's voice. Uh, so I'm going to recommend the audiobook of Gumption by Nick Offerman. Uh, so Nick Offerman is. Ron Swanson, he does a million audiobooks. He's amazing. Uh, he wrote Paddle Your Own Canoe, which is also really great. But Gumption is his selection. It's basically like if you're familiar with Ron Swanson and his uh, Pyramid of Excellence, uh, this whole book is basically Nick Offerman's like personal pantheon of great Americans. So he does a chapter on each of these people, and it's people from like George Washington to Willie Nelson, people you might expect and understand who they are, but it's also like, there's a whole chapter on the person who laid out the design for Central Park in New York City. And there's another one uh, about Wendell Berry, who is now one of my favorite authors because I discovered it from this book. Uh, Wendell Berry writes these like American pastoral novels that I think last summer I talked about like every episode for like six weeks because I was reading all of them. Um, but it's just very soothing to hear about all of these different stories of people who are inspiring um like both like the men and women that made uh, america an awesome place to be whether it was founding fathers to people who just 
are, you know, someone who we may not have ever heard of because they're a woodworker, which is something that Nick Offerman happens to love. So really, really cool, like humorous, but informative portraits of these various fantastic people that Nick Offerman loves. Um, and you'll get a whole bunch of really great stuff out of there that you probably didn't before. And again, it's just very soothing. Any book you can find that Nick Offerman narrates. Um, he has one of those voices like Will Wheaton or Neil Gaiman or um, Julia, we well, Julia Whelan, like any of these people that you just will listen to them um, over and over again. So, um, okay, that's a whole bunch of recommendations from us. Well, all hold on. well, speaking of Nick Offerman, have you listened to his and Megan's podcast? I've not listened to their podcast. I listened to their book together. Okay. Uh, they have a podcast called In Bed with Nick and Megan, where they have comedians come on and they actually get into Nick and Megan's bed and record from their bed. I hope they're not doing that right now. Well, I would probably not now, no, but. Listen, <laughs> have I a couple know. episodes and he's, yeah, his voice is just delightful. Like, yeah. Not to rec keep recommending other podcasts, but I don't know if you guys saw, but um, there is a new, like, Turk and JD from Scrubs. Did you see this? Zach Braff and, um, oh my God, what's Turk's name from Scrubs? I'm drawing complete blank. Um, they're best friends in the show and they're best friends in real life. And Don they, Donald? Donald Faison, thank you. So Zach Braff and Donald Faison started a new podcast where they are watching every episode of Scrubs, the show that they start in, and they're like reviewing it just because they have nothing else. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it's also fantastic. Uh, Jill, anything else we should be talking about in the moment? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for fighting through cats and dogs and babies and all sorts of stuff. This will be how it's going to be for the next couple of weeks. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy those recommendations and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.